Going on with Charlie Shamp's book, Ascension, more about Job. When his lamp shined above my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Job 29, verse 3, from the Tanakh. Going on with Ascension, by Charlie Shamp, more about Job. I walk through darkness. When his lamp shined above my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Job 29.3 from the Tanakh. I walked through darkness. We can go two different ways, and both of them are true. The first path goes down this road, the road of the dark night of adversity, and the second road is the night of the secret place. It is possible that Job's words alluded to the Edomite caravans who had lamps for the nightly travels through the deserts. In the dark night of the desert adversity, Job always had the light of God to direct him through the dark times of trouble. God afforded him protection, instruction, and guidance that would have been otherwise arduous and treacherous. Job was illuminated by the light shining in the darkness that opened his eyes to walk down the perplexing and problematic path of hardship. Darkness is not always related to evil and adversity. In St. John of the Cross's poetic work, The Dark Night, he wrote about the night more lovely than the dawn. O night that has united the lover with his beloved, transforming the beloved into his lover. There it is, the night more lovely than the dawn, the night of supernatural manifestations, prophetic dreams, angelic encounters, and divine revelation. In Psalm 18.11, David wrote, He made darkness his secret place, his canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. The darkness of the rain-charged storm cloud is the tent in which Jehovah enshrouds his majesty in mystery. He made darkness his veil round about him. His tent he made of darkness of waters and blackness of clouds. It is easy for the novice to get lost in poetic metaphors and make false assumptions, but there is something deeper and more profound in David's words. In the darkness... One hint of the face of God's presence overpowers you with an overwhelming sensation of the surrounding glory. The darkness masks the presence, and though it is hidden, he awaits the moment when the truth is revealed. He is hidden, but he will not remain silent. In the final moment, Job feels the constricting heaviness of more reality than he thinks he can endure. But this is a moment when the wonder of darkness and the brightness of the light speak their own truth in unique ways. The hymn by William Cowpepper, God Moves in a Mysterious Ways, extracts a divine truth and with creative genius lifts the reader out of the false narratives. God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage takes, the clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head.
The secrets of God are in the tabernacle. God lives in unapproachable light and mysterious darkness. There is no contradiction between darkness and light. The light of his glory can be overwhelming. Still, the mystery of darkness can be perplexing, but revelation flows from the mysterious darkness, and worship explodes from the brightness of his presence. Now both Joseph and Job understood the wisdom of God hidden in their dark places. We might have expected Job and Joseph to reason that, because things had turned worse, God must surely be against them. It is natural for us to assume that bad things require chastisement. What have I done to deserve this? we ask. This is the false narrative of which I write. Job and Joseph were falsely accused, but by his light they walked through the darkness. In the tent of meaning, while in dialogue with God, everything becomes clear for those who will seek his face. You can almost hear Job and Joseph say, Hello, darkness, my old friend. You might imagine that while in the tent of meeting, Job and Joseph dialogued with God. In that secret place, they discovered God was weaving a plan, which in macrocosm led to the raising of Joseph to leadership and the restoration of Job's riches and family. God divides the hidden from the known, and he separates the mystery from revelation. What is seen in the darkness is manifested in the light. By the power of God's creative light, we peek into the unseen world where worship surrounds the throne and revelation is shared with the faithful ones. Open my eyes, Lord. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes see you. Job 42.5 Now Job has a more perceptive and diverse view of the sovereignty, wisdom, goodness, and justice of God in the dealings of his providential wisdom with his people. This is the lens through which the epilogue makes sense. It is not so much about suffering and restoration or Job getting his act together. It is more complex than the quick and simple answerings to suffering that are the headliners for most books. To reach a more accurate conclusion, the reader must turn away from lateral thinking about themselves in difficult times to thinking in vertical direction about the awe of God. This leads us to wisdom. The book of Job is ultimately about getting us to think correctly about God. Correcting your thinking about God God gently guides you to the awe of the ineffable God. Better than any theologian, Abraham Heschel opens the door to reveal the meaning of awe. The meaning of awe is to realize that life takes place under wide horizons, horizons that range beyond the span of an individual life or even the life of a nation, a generation, or an era. Awe enables us to perceive in the world in intimidations of the divine, to, to sense in small things the beginning of infinite significance, to the sense the ultimate in the common and simple, to feel in the rush of the passing the stillness of the eternal. Abraham Joseph Heschel, God in Search of Man. 
Job's final word to God is in beautiful contrast with much of his former unmeasured utterances. It breathes lowliness, submission, and contented acquiescence in a providence partially understood. It does not engage Job's mouth into a solution to the problem, but rather shows how its pressure is lightened by the drawing closer to God. Each verse pre- presents a distinct element of thought and feeling. The cure for questioning his providence is the experience of his eminence and favor. Things that loom large now dwindle and dangers melt away. The landscape is the same in both the shadows and the sunshine. Job now subscribes to God's unlimited power, knowledge, and dominion to prove the scope of God's discourse out of the whirlwind.